Courtside Club is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. And they have these stupid cannons that go off and they're so loud. The camera guy's rolling and then the cannon goes off and I jump 10 feet high and I'm like, oh my oh, God. No. Well, I posted it so it was funny. Right. That's the only video that's done extremely well that for me. Went viral. <laughs> What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel Demita, and welcome to the Courtside Club. Today, I am joined by an NFL Network anchor and reporter, the beautiful Taylor Bashadi. Thank you for having me. Taylor, welcome to the Courtside Club. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on because Courtside Club, you know, we, we talk a lot about basketball, but we do dabble in the NFL world, and I know that's your expertise. And we have a very special time coming up with Super Bowl on the way. Yeah. So I wanted to do a little preview, if you wouldn't mind, if you could run down these two teams and tell us what you were most excited about and what you've been most impressed by with them this season. Okay, let's start off with the Eagles. The big X factor for this Eagles team in the playoffs was that Jalen Hurts had gotten injured. He didn't seem like he was going to be 100%. I didn't really know what his shoulder was going to look like. Right. Legs. I mean, he had a few injuries that he was dealing with. So I think that was what the big question mark was coming into the playoffs. But as we've seen, he has not missed a beat. So we actually went to the game versus the Cowboys on Christmas Eve where he did not play. Yeah. But even uh, my boyfriend's family are diehard Cowboys fans we had a suite we were on the field and they were even disappointed that he wasn't playing and you know that it's that rivalry and obviously the Cowboys won the game yeah but they wanted Hurts in because that's the true test and I was actually kind of hoping for that rematch (laughs) yeah what a tough year for the Cowboys I feel like Dak had his absolute best performance of his career Mm -hmm. in that first playoff game it was like I feel like he finally got that off his back where he was able to you know win a playoff game and I thought they were gonna play a little bit better it's hard too it's hard it's it's hard too I will say well a lot of us fans we dwell on that last play of the game Mm -hmm. of any game that's a close game if the last play doesn't go the way that we think it should go if he throws to somebody that we weren't expecting or whatever it may be someone misses a field goal obviously that happened (laughs) with Ohio State oh gosh oh my gosh that poor kicker (laughs) right and that's what I'm saying we all as fans look at that final play and me being an athlete and just being around sports as much as as I have obviously the person in that moment is going to feel so bad I know I, I felt for him and and it's even Dak in that moment I mean people are still going on like we need Dak out of here he's not this and that and then you forget about how they did succeed this whole season and like he's he is there for a reason so I don't like to for anybody to come down as hard as they do on individual I agree but I do think that there is something to be said for the fact that it was against the 49ers again yeah they had some issues with clock management at the end of last year's playoff game as well so it was just kind of back to back um I think Dan Quinn has done a phenomenal job I think Mike McCarthy's a great coach. I think he's has a, a little bit more of an old school way of coaching, I would say. And we saw that when he was in Green Bay too. So I really think that Dan Quinn was the big difference maker this year for what attributed to how successful they were. I know that uh, the Cowboys are far out of this Super Bowl situation. But one last question on that regard. Do you think OBJ will end up there? 
Gosh, I don't know. I think he could. Um, it was interesting. Somebody was somebody made a point that if the Cowboys signed him but then let him go, they would be granted this like compensatory pick for letting a former first rounder go. I don't know exactly how it what? works, huh. but yeah, but like his knee I don't think is a hundred percent. So that's the reason why he did not get signed yet. Um, I mean, it's hard to be able to really come back from multiple ACL, MCLs. Yeah, I don't know how well this, you know, there's speculation as to whether or not the surgery was performed properly. What's going on there? Because I think that the only reason why he did not get signed by a team is because his knee just is not ready to go yet. But what about next season? I feel like that would be a great situation for him, too. I mean, yeah, it's a big stage. Who wouldn't want to go play for the Cowboys? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like he would fit in. Obviously, in L.A., he was thriving there. Yeah. Like, he needs kind of that big city, big atmosphere, big fan base. Yeah. If I were him, I, feel like I would be just, great for him. I think it's a perfect fit. Yeah. If I were him, I'd only want to go to a fan base that's like that in a city that's like that, which he was already with the Giants. So it's right. like Cowboys seem to fit the bill. We shall see. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. What do we think about the Chiefs? Love the Chiefs. I don't see any weakness on their team. Patrick Mahomes makes Patrick Mahomes-like plays every single week <laughs> that you're just like, how the heck did you make that? Andy Reid's play calling is the best. I mean, especially if you look at his record after a bye, he like has not ever lost a game because I think he's maybe lost one, and that was maybe this year or last year. But it just shows how good of a coach he is, how – like great of schemes he comes up with. I would say that Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan are probably two of the best schemer, like schemers, like the way yeah. they come up with different <laughs> plays. Yeah. Um, their play calling is so is just next level. So. so what do you see for Patrick Mahomes moving forward, like in his career? Do you see him as becoming one of these greats? We talk about Peyton Manning. We talk about Tom Brady. We talk about Aaron Rodgers. No doubt. He's, yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, it was interesting when it was Brady and Rogers. They did a golf tournament this past summer, Brady and Rogers against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And it was, it just like literally felt like those are like the old timers. Yeah. Not that they're old, but you know, older. Right. And then Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, they're going to be like coming up and like taking those, taking that yeah. role. I feel like we're living in this time across a lot of different sports. Like if you look at basketball, we have LeBron. Yeah who is getting older and everybody's talking about, wait, when is he going to retire? Because we're not going to have him another 10 years. Right. Or if we do that, I mean, that's wild. What would he be like 48 years old? <laughs> well, Tom Brady is going to be like 47 this off season. Right. Like, people have kind of even gotten tired of talking about his age. Cause it's like, he's just a freak of nature. He treats right. his body like a temple, whatever, like doctors, whatever athletic greens, whatever juice he's drinking, like <laughs> sign me up because he looks younger and younger every year. Right. He hasn't really, regressed at all mm -hmm. so it's like I would love trust me I was a Ravens fan when Brady was on the Patriots so they were probably their biggest like arch rival outside of their division the Ravens mm -hmm. division so I there was a period of time where you know I hated Brady but only not I didn't only hated him just because I was jealous of just how successful they were right didn't actually hate him it was just like wow I mean they're impossible to beat He's the best. And I think that the game, NFL game, is better with him being in it. So I would love, love, love to see him play one more year, go to a team that's set up because the Bucks this year were just – he didn't have any weapons around him. Yeah. He wasn't on a team that was ready to go to the Super Bowl. And you saw that frustration with him so many times throughout the season. And the spotlight was on him even more than ever because he the did divorce. retire and then decided to come back. And then 
stuff in his personal life yeah. became news whether you like that or not it just was what it was so the spotlight was on him any weird reaction he was making on the yeah. field any interaction he had with his teammates if he was frustrated or visibly upset or losing games like it was such a spotlight on him which was unfortunate in that sense because it was almost like people were looking mm -hmm. for him to fail yeah I, like I see, see you should have you should have just just stayed away but I agree like what is that team that you think he goes to where it does make sense and it might be a better infrastructure to where Brady's at in his career I think the Raiders are a team that'd that be fun. Be, that would be so fun. Brady yeah. And, like, and he'd be reuniting with Josh McDaniels, who they, he was a coach in um, new England on the Patriots. So I think he yeah. could go to the Raiders. I think he could go to Miami. I mean, they already got docked a first round pick for tampering. So might as well go get your quarterback <laughs> oh, <dear>. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Raiders, Miami. Wasn't he looking at schools in Miami for his kids? I think so. I mean, I know that they have or they their property yeah, in they Miami. There, I don't know whose house it but is. But we can now. always Just speculate. Time, yeah. There's also a football team in Miami. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I think that that team is set up to win. And we know there's a lot of unknowns with what Tua, are they going to, you know, going to have Tua? Maybe Tua will be the backup. But mm -hmm. I don't know if he's a quarterback that you can 100% rely on just because of the amount of concussions that he's had. Um, so, yeah, I think that could be a really yeah. – a really fun team for him to go to really quick uh you brought it up for a second the ravens yeah your family is involved with the ravens correct yes your uncle my uncle yeah. okay majority owner did mm -hmm. i do my research correctly you did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that like growing up is that just a staple in your family gotta be a ravens fan yeah, I don't really think I had much of a choice. Yeah. Um, but I did. I was born and raised in Atlanta. So it was funny growing up. I would always get really excited if the Falcons were good, because that just meant that especially my girlfriends, I didn't have that many girlfriends that were really into NFL football. Yeah. I had a lot that were into SEC football, but NFL was just kind of a college different, team too. Yeah. <laughs> Go dogs. Yeah. Um, but I always loved when the Falcons were good because then more people got invested and interested in NFL football because growing up like it was me my brother and all my brother's friends that would in my family that would watch on know, Sunday yeah. would watch the games yeah. so what is the best game that you've ever been to best NFL game I'm biased for this one because I'm a Ravens fan but I would say Super Bowl in New Orleans okay yeah 2013 2012 season but it was the Beyonce halftime show. All the lights went out, but it was crazy because the yeah, Ravens the blackout were, game. Yeah, the yeah. Ravens were <laughs> ahead. And then all of a sudden Beyonce, what an epic performance, but she blew the lights out. Right. And then everybody's like, oh my gosh, there was such a momentum swing. Yeah. And, and Ravens still pulled it out in the yeah. end, but it ended up being a really close game. Yeah. There's a lot of conspiracies around that game as well. What do you think? I don't believe in any of the yeah. conspiracies, but <laughs> it's fun to think maybe about. Maybe if they though, lost, right? I would. I'd be all in on those conspiracies. <laughs> no, I thought about that because I was like, hmm, because it was it was a solid like thirty minutes that the lights were out. Yeah. Oh, I remember it very well. It was bizarre, mm -hmm. and you know, at that time, nobody really knew what to think, and like scary thoughts were going through people's mind too. Like, right. is this potentially terror, you know? Yeah, being there, I think it would be scarier than watching from home and being like. Huh? I think Oreo, <laughs> Oreo, whoever was in charge of Oreo's like marketing or social media, they put out the best tweet of all time. It was like, you can still dunk in the dark. Oh, at that moment. yeah. So like, yeah. You can still dunk your Oreos in 
during Wait, the dark. Wait, another conspiracy too. There was a show coming out on some network because I was reading about this. I don't even know why I found this one article <laughs> that was like sports conspiracy. So I started reading into it. And there was some show that was coming out on some network and it was a premise around, but I think it was kind of like a doomsday-ish type of show where it was a blackout, Okay. but their show was coming out. So then some people thought it was like a massive PR stunt for this television show. I need to go back and fact check what that show is. I wish I had, like, you know how Joe Rogan has that like Jamie guy and he's like, yeah, Jamie, look it up. I need a Jamie to look we need up one. what that show I wish was. I had one with me all the time. I mean, right. I have Alexa at home. I mean, right. I talk to her even in places where she is not, like at a hotel room. I'm like, Alexa, what's the temperature outside? Oh my right. God, I'm in a hotel. <laughs> like not home. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I also think it's funny that Rihanna, because obviously Rihanna is a massive performer. I'm so excited for that. Crazy. I love the merch that she came out with. Talk about marketing. <laughs> it said, there's a football game um, going on during my concert. Like, weird but whatever or something oh, wait, I haven't even seen you that haven't yet. seen that, that it's great. so good and then if you flip the shirt up it's it's basically like if you put the shirt over your head then her face in a football helmet kind of covers where your face would be oh wait that's awesome I don't I would hope that people are gonna wear things under the shirt so yeah. it doesn't turn into Please. <laughs> for all of us yeah <laughs> she hasn't released music in a decade and she's performing at Super Bowl like that's how iconic she is yeah it's gonna be good I'm excited for it speaking of halftime on the courtside club we like to play a halftime game oh gosh I'm scared are you down <laughs> yeah let's do it cool with Caesars Sportsbook and Casino, every bet earns with Caesars Rewards. That means whether you win or lose, you're always earning towards perks like free stays at iconic Caesars properties, game tickets, dining, and more. And if you haven't started yet, here's a reminder. Your first bet is on Caesars, up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code OMAHAFULL and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake back as a bad credit. Must be 21 or older, offer valid, and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code at amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bet credit $1,250. Must be used within 14 days of receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No when to before you start gambling problem arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP colorado wyoming kansas affiliated with kansas crossing casino call 1-800-522-4700 indiana call 1-800-9-WITH-IT iowa call 1-800-BETS-OFF louisiana call 1-877-770-STOP license through horseshoe Bossier city and harris new orleans michigan call 1-800-270-7117 illinois maryland new jersey tennessee virginia west virginia pennsylvania affiliated with harris philadelphia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling one 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK, 467-369. Today, we are playing two truths and a lie. So I have two NFL truths and one NFL lie. Okay. You have to see if you can spot the lie. Okay. Cool. Ready? Mm-hmm. An NFL commissioner once died in the stands during a game. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is located in Cincinnati, Ohio, or the New York Jets have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles. Which one is the lie? 
um, the Hall of Fame is in Canton, Ohio. Yes, you're right. Yay. Ding, ding, ding. That was the lie. <laughs> Did you hear about the NFL commissioner dying no. in the stands during Isn't that the game? horrible? No, I had no it's idea. It's wild, when right? When was this? Okay, so October 11th, 1959 at Philadelphia's Franklin Field, NFL commissioner Burt Bell suffered a fatal heart attack. Oh my gosh, that's awful. I had no it's idea. It's awful. Thank you. I'm sorry for fun fact of the day, but (laughs) kind of a morbid fun fact. (laughs) A little bit morbid, yeah. Sorry, but I thought that was wild. And obviously, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles, which is tough. It is crazy. I feel like that would never happen in the NBA. There's just too many games. Yeah, there's. There can't be one team that's never. But that is rare. I mean, it's very rare. Jets have never beaten the Eagles. Mm -mm. That's crazy. Oh, and twelve or something. Wasn't it that Trevor Lawrence had never lost on a Saturday? That's because they don't really play on Saturdays. I know. But in college. Right in college. He never yeah. lost on a Saturday. That's fair. That okay. was cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I was kind of bummed that he lost on a Saturday. I know. So I was like, I would love. That was love- also <laughs> another really fun storyline this year that was the Jags because mm-hmm. they started off, uh, people thought that it was no just going to be like another it. season like the Jags usually have. Yeah. And then they came on so strong and I thought they were a really fun team to watch. I loved seeing it for Trevor Lawrence. Can I just say I think that they have the coolest uniforms of any team? The Jags. The all black? Sometimes, but sometimes they're like that teal color. Okay, the all black ones are so dope. Yeah. I love I love Every the time too, like, it's the all like black with ones. The, the little like hint of teal. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, next up. An NFL kicker once won MVP. The first player to catch an NFL pass from Brett Favre was in fact Brett Favre. Or the Patriots and the 49ers are tied for the record of most Super Bowls won. The Patriots and the Niners are tied for the record for the most Super Bowls. The lie? Yeah. Yes. That is the lie. There is two teams tied for the most Super Bowl wins. The Steelers and the Patriots. Yeah. Look at you. Okay. Yes. With six, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers are right behind. Yeah. So the Brett Favre <laughs> pass. 1992. And he caught it himself? So he threw the So Giselle pass. Benchen is wrong. She said, my husband can't throw and catch the ball after that Patriots loss. Brett Favre somehow managed to do it. He was throwing it to the receiver, but it bounced off a Tampa Bay Buccaneer helmet and back into his hands. But it was a seven-yard loss. But technically, but still, like that's he, awesome. he caught the ball. <laughs> I don't know. I would kind of like that as my... Like, Claim to fame. Yeah. My first passes to myself. <laughs> Selfish. Um, and yeah. And then the kicker who won MVP, it was 1982. It was Mark Mosley. Okay. Which is wild. I can't see that ever happening again. I could see Justin Tucker doing it. He's like a freak of nature. True. He had a few misses this year, which were surprising, but like he's had so many like 65, 60 plus yeah. yard winning field goals. Like it's, it's crazy. But MVP... That's of all the league. Yeah, that's true. Quarterbacks have to be just like chilling at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I think Mahomes Mahomes takes home MVP this year. Okay. All right. I have one more for you. The season ticket wait list in Green Bay is over a thousand years long. The oh original God. football was smaller and skinnier than the current one. And the Houston Oilers have won their division more recently than the Cleveland Browns. The Houston Oilers have won their division more recently because they're no longer in the league. That's the truth. Can you believe that? Okay. 
So the lie was that the original football was smaller and skinnier. It was actually bigger and more round okay. than the current one. Okay. The shape has changed. I wouldn't expect you to know this because in 1934, the ball was changed okay. <laughs> to be to be longer and skinnier. It was originally more round. What they wanted to do was make football more of a passing game. Okay. And so the round. Well, now it is. The bigger, rounder they, ball they just saw, like wasn't conducive. They saw the future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But no, listen to this. The Browns last won the AFC Central in 1988. And since then, the Houston Oilers won the division twice in 1991 and 1993. And then they moved then to Tennessee Then why were their fans like wearing paper bags over their head? Like what What gives, you know? What do you mean? They're like notorious for like the Oilers fans. Like they were embarrassed. They'd put like paper bags over their heads. Yeah. So maybe us Browns fans need to start doing that. <laughs> it's like, the no. Browns like weren't. It'll be interesting to see what the Browns look like next year, though. They weren't bad this year. It was just they went through a lot, like, publicly. Whether or not you agree or disagree with the decision to pay that much guaranteed money to Deshaun Watson, whether you think that they should have. But why does it end up being, whether you think these people are misfits or not, like, Johnny Menzel was also a Brown. It's guys who... Yeah, I see what you're saying. ...are great, and then it's, it's not even always what they're doing on the field they have had an issue with their drafting with them some decision making I don't know so that's why I don't know if it's bad luck I don't know if if we are I mean Baker Mayfield they got rid of him and they he took them to the playoffs for the first time and right what was it like 13 years something crazy like that to me it doesn't seem like we haven't had the building blocks at some point I think you have yeah we have but either they're not lined up correctly or something happened. Something that kind happens, of no, like the coach wasn't expecting. right. And Deshaun Watson, I don't think any of us were expecting what transpired. I'm still <laughs> very confused as to why they went and paid all that guaranteed money for a quarterback that hadn't played in that long. And that's up for all these right. charges. It's mind boggling. I think there was a lot of people around the league that, I mean, even you saw Russell Wilson do his deal. Granted, he didn't play that well this year at all, but he didn't demand that much guaranteed money so like it was on, it's on the browns for kind of of course you're going to take it if you're deshaun watson why wouldn't you yeah, take course. as much money as you can right. but like it's i think it's on the browns organization for paying that much money i just I, it's mind-boggling i don't understand yeah. it and also it really holds you back from signing other great players right because it like hurts the salary cap that or much. even or even developing talent yeah and even and taking it as a rebuild but getting a core that you can really trust and getting some good leaders getting some good leaders I think that's a key part of it too is like do you want that person to be the face of your franchise and are you willing to make that person kind of like the poster child for the most right guaranteed money I don't I think that you want or do you want a Joe Burrow yeah (laughs) and a lot of these and if you look at it a lot of the top quarterbacks around the league the Patrick Mahomes the Josh Allen the Tom Brady's they will restructure and take less money in order to build a team around them mm-hmm. that's good enough to go and win a Super Bowl. You know, they're not going to count every single dollar just to have the most guaranteed money. Right. They want to have enough money on their cap so they can go out and have the great receivers, have the great offensive linemen, have other, you know, weapons in order to go win. Yeah. I think that's something that we see and talk about a lot more in the NBA because on the football field and on a team there are so many more elements that are important and it's really hard Mm -hmm. you can't have a a big three on a football team and it takes you to the super bowl 
Right. You need all of these different mm-hmm. parts. You need the the defensive side. You need the offensive line. You need a good receiver. You need a good quarterback. You need somebody facilitating. That's a great And point. so we, we talk about it a lot in the NBA where you look at a team like the Warriors where some of these guys can go to other teams mm-hmm. and get even more money than they are getting on the Warriors team. But they know keeping that franchise together. I mean, you've seen what they've done yeah. over the years. So I'm sure that it's not as easy in the NFL. But it's a great point. And I think that, like, for example, the 49ers this year, they were able to build every other aspect of their team, an element of their team. And they've got Brock right. Purdy, who's a rookie, who was Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft. Like, nobody thought that he was going to mm-hmm. turn into anything. But they're able to continue the success that they have had because they built so many other key pieces around right. them. And obviously he rose to the challenge as well. Yeah. Like good on him I mean, for stepping up. It was cute after, um, I think it was the first round of the playoffs in the press conference room afterwards, they were asking him questions and somebody said, did you see LeBron's tweet? And he's like, LeBron, like nothing seems to phase him. But right. all of a sudden he's like, LeBron James tweeted about me, really? And like a smile like, just broke second, out. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it's time for the second half. So you've got back-to-back meetings, errands to run, and the house to take care of. So what's the secret to clearing your to-do list? A little help from DoorDash. You can get dinner, household essentials, and everything on your grocery list is delivered. And personally, for me, when I'm traveling, I love to use DoorDash because I can try different vegan spots in all the different cities that I go to. For a limited time, our listeners can get 50% off up to a $20 value and $0 delivery fee when you download the DoorDash app and enter code courtside. That's 50% off up to $20 value and $0 delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code courtside. And don't forget, that's code courtside for 50% off up to $20 value and $0 delivery fee with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. I want to go back a little bit to Georgia. (laughs) I talked about it on my show last week. Brutal loss from Ohio State. I don't know if you were a little bit worried those last... uh, I felt like the Ohio State game should have been the national championship. I mean, did you see the national championship? (laughs) Yeah, I did see the national... I mean congratulations but it was a terrible game it was (laughs) was just awful I mean it was awful and it was pouring down rain here in LA like I actually had to work that night which story for a different time which was not fun being at our NFL Network studios are directly across like adjacent to SoFi Stadium so like it's a stone's throw away so I'm sitting there doing night news with the pouring down rain just like looking out at all my friends like waving like this is torture (laughs) yeah um but yeah I mean that game was over people started leaving at halftime like just because it was such a blowout. Like it, was it wasn't even blowout. a good game. Yeah. Were you at the game last year where they played Alabama? No, I was not. So I had just I covered. was at that game. Were you? Oh my gosh. I had fun. no ties at all. I really didn't care who was gonna win, but I was in a suite with a lot of Georgia fans. And they did say I was actually really disappointed <laughs> that security was so good at that game. Because everybody was like, listen, if Georgia wins, we're rushing the field. I'm like, I'm down. Like, I didn't even go to colleges that had football teams. Always wanted to rush a field. Yeah, so I was like, this is my moment. Like, I'm so down because we were on the field. We were in that suite. And then the last, like, two minutes of the game, you see uh, probably, like, 200 security people all coming out. And they had a rope. And they were just, like, circling the field. 
bummer. This was my opportunity. But then I was like telling the guy next to me, I'm like, you go first. You distract them. <laughs> you get tackled and we'll, we'll all like jump over you <laughs> onto the field. Anyway, I, I would have done that for Georgia in that moment. Well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> like, that. Relived You're my basically college a I didn't have. <laughs> true Georgia fan now. Not on New Year's Eve. I wasn't those completely devastated. That I mean, it was it was a fairy tale moment. The clock struck midnight, and they won for you. For me, <laughs> your team was already crying. They thought it was over. Are you sure it wasn't sweat? No, they were devastated. Because <laughs> I remember seeing, I was like, "Oh, we're good." I stopped watching, and then I see like thirty seconds later, and Ohio State players are crying. <laughs> Wait a second. What, what what happened here? What happened? Um, what is it? What was it like? Go, you went to Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. What was it like going there and being a part of that culture? So fun. Honestly, like I could not imagine not going to an SEC school, but I really can't compare it to anything else. Like even in the NFL, I don't feel like there is as hardcore of fans and there's a lot of hardcore fans in the NFL. I mean, yeah. like you see what they do in like Buffalo and like Philly, like it's crazy. But in like Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, I mean, all of them, they their town literally revolves around football. It shuts down on Thursdays. Streets already start getting closed off. Like there's no driving anywhere near around on campus. The tailgates, like the Ole Miss tailgates are things that I've never seen before. Like they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars each week on these like elaborate tent tailgates. Like the towns eat, breathe, sleep football. It's all that matters. I mean, it's so much fun. It really is. It's a different way of life, though. Is there any other college football team that you're like, okay, maybe I'll root for them a little bit? Well, it's actually interesting because I went to Alabama my freshman year. Oh. And it was really cool because, I mean, just knowing, like, the history of Alabama history, like, Alabama football, like, it's, it was really neat going there. But I'm from Atlanta, always kind of wanted to go to Georgia. So as much as I liked Alabama, (laughs) I love Georgia. Yeah. So you are at NFL Network now, obviously hosting, doing some reporting. Was this always your dream to get into football on the entertainment side of it? No, I was actually an accounting major, which is really bizarre. <laughs> I was in my final like month, I had a month left of school and sitting in those classes, like the big four accounting firms come and talk to you. And like, you basically sign the next 10 years of your life away. Sorry, if you're an accountant, it just was not for me. I did not love it. It was, I think I viewed it in school as like a challenge. And I thought it would be good for having a business like background. It was Mm -hmm. like a good fundamental like degree for like the business world. I'd come into college as a double major in journalism and business, but Georgia makes it pretty hard you kind of have to decide between the two different schools Grady and Terry and so ultimately I went the business route and I don't regret it but I just remember thinking and like I had like a month left of school and I'm like I don't even enjoy doing this what am I doing so in that class like as the big four they're like talking to us like trying to recruit you know Mm -hmm. for each one I applied for every internship in like journalism oh really cool I ended up getting um, an internship at the CBS affiliate in D.C. But it was covering hard news, like midnight. Yeah. And so I was able to go up to the sports department during the day. And I basically did like a double internship in like sports and news. Ended up going back to school for broadcast journalism. Oh, so you did go back. I did go back. Did you go back to Georgia for Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of conversation now about like, do you need, and I just got asked this, I was a guest on the Cool Kicks podcast. And they asked me, because I studied broadcast journalism as well, they were like, do you think that you need to go to school to do what you do? And I was like, 
it is a skill. It is a skill. In itself. And I don't think maybe a lot of fans or people on social media might recognize it yeah. as that. Like there is a skill set that I learned in my journalism I mean, you learn how to, like the class. process of like reporting, how to report, how to write, how to, mm-hmm. it's a different The medium. writing is big. Yeah, the writing is really big because especially even like when you're writing an on camera script, it's totally different than like how you would write a paper. Yeah. You know, like it's learning slugs, learning ENPS, learning those different right. nuances and things. But it is even, different. But I think I mean, even like, learning from the back end too, like how it's all going to fit yeah. together. Because when you're on camera, it's a lot easier if I know how they're going to package this with yes. what's coming next or what I'm going to throw to, how the production side. And that's and it makes you appreciate everybody on, like, you know, the different sure. sides. Because I was a one-man <laughs> band for a while and I was doing, you know, shooting, producing, editing. And I am not a good editor, so please don't ever try and hire me for <laughs> editing. You will get your package in three and a half years. It's so time consuming if you're not quick. If you're not quick. And then yeah. you see some people that are just like gurus. So it really makes you like understand and appreciate every aspect of the business. Mm-hmm. But I do think that social media and different platforms have allowed creators and I don't know if you can call them like journalists or reporters, but it has opened the door for creators for sure. to create content without going to school. Yeah. You and can you're seeing get, more and more of You that. can get more practice. And I think, because that was another thing they were asked too, like, how do you improve? And to me, and I don't know if it's the same for you, it's just reps. It's totally you just reps. have to do it. Yeah. You have to find experience. You have to do a lot of different things. You have to do live stuff. You have to do teleprompter stuff. You have to do interviews to kind of find your footing and find what you like and what you're best at. It's with too. anything in life. Like, the, the more you do something, the more confident you're going to be, the more it's going to be, like, second nature. Right. And but it's not something you can like study. I can't no. just watch other people doing it and take in that knowledge and it makes me better. No, you like have to do it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say Georgia had a really good program for that. Um, like their like Grady journalism school, like they basically had a, their own news station and cool. it was for Northeast Georgia. So it we co- did was covering too all. for American university. Okay. That's where I went. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you were, it was reporting every day like you would go back and forth between like reporter host reporter we did the host. same thing yeah but we we all had a role it was like producer executive yeah. producer yeah one week you'd be the writer you'd be writing everybody's scripts one week you'd be the field reporter or you'd be the anchor yeah yeah and you just kind of rotated yeah for the whole yeah but it was okay. good because like you same had do- like deadlines like exactly. you were actually getting on yeah, air yeah, and yeah. so like if you didn't and finish some something jobs in were time, harder too. oh yeah You'd be assigned a package and you had to go out and get that story. Oh, always. And come oh my back. gosh. I didn't even have a car when I was in DC. I'd be on the bus, like lugging around this massive camera. Cause at the time, too, they were yeah. massive cameras. Massive. <laughs> and like, I, gosh, I'll with never the forget. Tripods and everything. I like didn't, I thought that I put the audio on for one package and like I got back to the newsroom, had done all the interviews, and I like put my like SIM card in the computer completely. Like, all, oh, we're all no. there, but there's no audio and there's no way to recover it. Devastated. What'd you do? VO it? You couldn't. No, I, I just had to like You're in flunk the booth, that like one. changing your voice and trying to be like a man's voice. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it was, it was bad. But it, it did prepare me in different ways yeah. that I feel like just doing YouTube or just doing social media might not have. And we'll see how things evolve because a lot of things are going digital. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I look, I look at for the crazy amount of like what TikTokers are making though. And I'm like, gosh, maybe I did go the wrong path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like money wise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. There's ebbs and flows. There's and ebbs and flows, but yeah. 
Okay, Taylor, we are reaching the end of the game, so I have some buzzer beaters for you. Okay. Okay. Are these hard? No, these are fun. Okay. Break down your courtside fit. Something comfortable. I'm always like a sneakers, flat shoes, jeans, cute top, bodysuit, basics. Like I'm such like, if I'm not in studio, I'm always like in jeans, a t-shirt, and like a cute bag. The bag always sets it off. But the right size for an arena. Yes, that (laughs) is tricky. (laughs) Who is one person dead or alive that you would love to sit courtside with? I'd love to sit courtside with LeBron. I feel like he could explain any question that I ever had about the game. That'd be fun. Yeah. It is fun with high-level NBA players watching them watch a game because they know what's coming next. Yeah. You don't see. And like, I, I love doing it even during like the combine or you know, draft when they're looking at film and just, or watching a game with any of our analysts, like, you know, like Kurt Warner, just like seeing what they're picking up on the field and just like, it's like an inside look into their brain. And obviously we don't see the game the same way that they do. Right. And they see our, like our privy to stuff that we would have no idea what was going on or like why they change a play at the line of scrimmage or what they saw that made them do that. Right. And so I just love getting that like inside Inside Eli love. and Peyton are doing that as well with yeah. the Manning Oh my God, cast. it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I love seeing how excited Peyton gets for these plays. Like he's pacing around his house. But like, he gets he gets excited for some stuff that is unexpected, like you're talking about. Yeah. Or he's like, wait, they should have done this. And sometimes I'm like, you, you lost me. And I love how <laughs> candid got a little too he granular, He's but, so candid. Like yeah. he's like, oh God, what is he doing here? And you're like, it's rare to be able to see that. Right. They do a really good job with it on Inside the NBA. They're always so candid, so fun, so loose. Oh, yeah. But you don't see that kind of setup all the time in like the NFL. I feel like people are a little bit more like buttoned up, don't want to insult anyone, say anything wrong. I feel like we're, we're working on it, not we. I'm not in... <laughs> I say we, but I guess in the media space, I can see them working on different ways to like integrate like a fun style in the NFL. I feel like people want authenticity and transparency and they don't really want that whole buttoned up like welcome to the new show. Like nobody wants to be talked to like that. Come on. RG3 like ran off the field during that one broadcast because his wife was going into labor but then it was like a false alarm because she didn't end up going into labor but do you not remember that i don't remember that he was on the field with maybe it was pat mcafee as well maybe it was mcafee's show okay there was a bunch of guys they were reporting kind of doing their thing on the field and it was like a more loose broadcast program but he got a text that his wife was going into labor and he was like peace out <laughs> mic'd himself like <laughs> ran off the field got on a flight and i think it was a false alarm so but it was entertaining. I don't know. It's really sweet of him. But that's like real life, you know? Yeah. It's anyway. great. I love that. Pat okay. McAfee keeps it very real. Yeah. He's wild. Yeah. But fun. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What is one event in history that you would have loved to have been courtside for? It could be a sporting event or other. Gosh, that's tough. I'm going to be the most boring person alive and just say I have absolutely no idea. What would I love to be alive for? It could be something that you were alive for, you just weren't at. But we've had answers across the board. We've had when they walked on the moon. We've had like Jordan's final game, the shot. That's good. We've had... I'll just jump on that bandwagon. The shot in Utah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the most iconic sports moments ever. Yeah. We have this one. This is probably This is a tough one. Question. Now I'm going to go home and think about this. I'll let you know if I come up with a better answer. <laughs> it's a fun one. Yeah. Anyway, Taylor, 
Thank you so much for joining Thank us you on for Courtside having Club. Me. Where can our viewers find you on social media? And is there anything that we should be looking out for? You can find me. I'm very boring at Taylor Bashotti on everything. I'm not cool enough to come up with a fun name. What's the best way to find you? <laughs> um, Twitter, Instagram. I'm trying the TikTok. Okay. It's a whole different world for me. I'm not good at it, but it's fun. I definitely go down like those. You don't like have those... to be good at TikTok. You just like post stuff. Well, you the know, stuff I've posted that I've that has taken me like ten seconds to make is, is the stuff the that stuff. does better, and it's so hard for me to wrap my brain around it. It's funny because the only like video that I've ever posted on my own for a while, I had somebody just like take random clips and post them for me. Uh huh. Then he was like, "Okay, this isn't working." Um, so the only video I ever posted on my own was this random like blooper. Basically, I was about to do an interview on the field after a Chargers game and they have these stupid cannons that go off and they're so loud. So like I'm oh, getting yeah. ready. Like I'm like in my head, you can tell <laughs> the camera guy's rolling and then the cannon goes off and I jump 10 feet high and I'm like, Oh my oh, God. No. Well, I posted it. So it was funny. Right. And that got like that. That's the only video that's done extremely well that for me. Went viral. <laughs> of course, when I'm just getting shocked and scared <laughs> and startled, I'm like, gosh, People are sick. <laughs> you just need your producer to find all of your bloopers uh, for right? like the past however many years. There's there's a whole heck of a lot of them, that's for sure. I would follow you for that. Well, thank you. So, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having club. me. And, oh, this is yours, too. Ooh, yay. Thank you, thank you. Don't mess up your hair and makeup, but it's you can cute. wear it courtside. We'll wear it together somewhere. <laughs> cool. Thanks for watching, guys. Make sure that you like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Bye.